0: When we arrive at 8 a.m., the crowds are already lined up at the door, 50 or 60 folks standing shoulder to shoulder, waiting to get inside. As the heat rises, they become more eager and begin to crowd in more closely, peering inside the wrought iron windows to see inside. They want to come in. The crowd blocks the doorway to our house or school, where we have come to set up a makeshift medical clinic in rural Nicaragua. This scene repeats on every mission trip I have ever taken in Nicaragua. When I need to go out to the bus to get more medicines, I have to politely push my way through the crowds to get out of the door of the clinic. Permiso, I say in my limited Spanish, but I realize all they want is to come inside to find healing from a doctor, medicine for their children, hope for a better life because someone will finally listen to their story. This is the same scene I picture when I read today's scripture lesson from the Gospel of Mark. The crowds are so eager that they have blocked access to anyone else. They spill out into the yard and no one can get to the front door. In some ways, you could say that today's Bible story, well, it's just one more healing story like so many other healing stories where Jesus empowers the sick to rise up to new life. But here, Mark spends a lot of time telling us about these groups of people around Jesus and the paralytic. It it almost feels like Mark wants us to consider who we are in that scene. Are we like those who inadvertently block access to the door, to the holy presence of God, not because we wanted to but just because we did so without realizing it in our own eagerness to get in we left others out or maybe we're like another group that mark describes in this story i call this group the grumblers they are the smartest people they are the learned religious folks They see Jesus healing and forgiving, and then they begin to grumble. Can he do that? The question, whether Jesus ought to be doing such things, is whispered among them. Isn't forgiveness the business of God? Is Jesus stepping out where he has no business being? They doubt his capacity to transform another human life. They protect their own turf of power, and they wonder why Jesus is usurping such power. Is that really okay, they wonder. They antagonize Jesus, who is trying to reveal God's transforming love and new life for the people. So you have those blocking the door and those grumbling, and then you have this other group called some people. We don't know if they are men or women, young or old, friends or strangers, but they come to the house where Jesus is teaching, and they bring with them a man who is paralyzed. We don't know much about their identity, but we know a lot about their character. They really care about this paralyzed man. Carrying someone on a gurney through the dusty roads of Capernaum was work. And they were eager and willing to carry someone who was otherwise stuck in life. They are innovative. When the doorway is blocked by the crowds, they climb up on the roof and they hoist that stretcher up into the air to the roof. They remove the wooden beams of the roof and they push away the straw forming the roof. They are risk takers. What if Jesus says, hey, you're interrupting my Bible study when they lower their friend through the roof? What if the homeowner is upset that they have destroyed the roof? They are persistent. The text says that they had to dig through the roof. In fact, what the text says in Greek is they unroofed the roof. They worked as a team. Could two have carried the stretcher? Maybe, but they used four. And surely they needed a larger team than four to hoist him up high and to then gently lower him down on a pulley to Jesus. They had faith. When Jesus saw the faith of these four, he decided to heal the man and to forgive him and to send him out to walk a new life. He didn't heal because the man deserved it. Jesus healed on account of the faith of those friends. Now, more than ever you and i are needed to be caring and innovative and risk taking and persistent a strong team and faithful and now more than ever i am standing in awe of this congregation and in the and for in the ways that all of you are asking can i help carry the stretcher can i place a friend who is paralyzed in the presence of jesus and then sit back And watch God's amazing work unfold? My quick math estimate of the number of meals this congregation has served to our community in the last two months is 9,500. That's 8,250 meals to food insecure folks through food banks and local kitchens serving vulnerable families, and 250 to frontline responders at local hospitals and care centers. Because we have banded together as a family of faith during these challenging days, we have been able to support local mission agencies with over $150,000 in grants and have sent 1,100 masks to local frontline workers. But numbers do not tell the whole story. So let me tell you three quick stories of how our church has unroofed the roof. Greta Parker, who is five, signed up to be a pen pal in March. She was assigned to write a letter to Jane White Brown, a senior adult in our congregation who has limited mobility and no longer drives her car. Then Jane, with her savvy business acumen, found Greta's phone number and called her up to thank her for the sweet note and the lovely picture. And then Greta took flowers to Jane for May Day, and Jane reciprocated with a pen pal letter of her own to connect. And then Greta's parents realized that Jane just lives a mile or so away, so now as soon as the weather is nice, they are planning a family bike ride over to Jane's house. And the roof was unroofed. And healing and hope and new life is rising up. This story goes back a few years, but it so clearly reminds me of how we are always lowering one another through the roof with innovation and compassion and persistence. Three ladies in our church served every month at the Argentine food kitchen. We now call this place Crosslines, But back then, there was a man who was always in the food line every month. Tall, dark hair, thin, and about in his mid-30s, they knew him by face. One month, they showed up to unload all the food from their cars, and he met them in the parking lot. He helped them unload all the supplies and set up the kitchen, and then he turned to them and he said, Ladies, I need to tell you something. Okay, they said. I need to tell you that it's because of you three ladies that I now have a job at the railroad making $35 an hour, and I just wanted to say to you ladies, thank you. And then those ladies realized that they were not just serving sloppy joes. They were carrying a man on a stretcher who had been paralyzed, but now he had risen up to walk. This one is more personal. I don't think I've ever shared it in this large of a group. But about 15 years ago, my husband was the director of a not-for-profit counseling agency. And even though the agency was doing amazing work and had lots of clients, the shifts in the healthcare policy were really hurting their bottom line. As things began to get really stressed for them financially, my husband struggled to make payroll. And month after month, He would pay all the other employees, but then not have enough left to pay himself. And so the stress filled our house as well, and we began to also struggle to pay for school tuition and groceries and our mortgage. And the Counseling Center was hosting an annual fundraiser dinner, and we always sponsored a table. But this year, we didn't have the money to sponsor a table for $1,000. We didn't even have an extra $100. And it was embarrassing and frustrating to us both. One of Dave's friends in the church realized what was happening. And he stopped by our house one day and left an envelope in our mailbox with $1,000 in cash and a note so that you can sponsor a table. And I realized that someone had a hold of the stretcher and was carrying us through a tough time. You and I are all in a tough time now, and we are realizing that now more than ever, our resilience, persistence, compassion, innovation, and faith is needed so that the roof gets unroofed And people are placed in the presence of Jesus who has all the power to heal us and set us free. At the end of the story, it says that the paralyzed man got up and walked. It says that he rose, and this is the same word used for what Jesus did on Easter. He rose. You and I, now more than ever, need to decide which group of folks We belong in those blocking the door, but not intending to those questioning and grumbling and saying, Jesus can't do that, can he? Or in that group of folks that say, I want to help carry the stretcher. Have you ever been in one of those cathedrals that draws in tourists? Maybe St. Patrick's in New York or the Duomo in Florence or the Basilica, Over in St. Louis, as you wander through, you will inevitably come across a sign on a red velvet rope that says, area reserved for worshipers. Please, no tourists beyond this point except for communion and prayer. We all reach a point where our spiritual tourism comes to an end and we have to decide if we will take the next step beyond that rope beware if you go ahead beyond that red velvet rope with the sign it means you too are willing to unroof the roof